2: Cash
3: me out. There you go. <laughs> nice. Bert Horford catches, kicks Dort for the win. It's good. Pukashevsky catch fire three, and that is good okay.
0: for the lead. Gilgis Alexander got it. The Thunder lead by one.
3: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the uncontested post-game show. I'm your host for tonight, Justin, where Oklahoma City falls to the Golden State Warriors 97-136. to 136. You had to know, right? You had to know it was going to be me. I was here last week for the Pacers blowout, so of course I'm here again for the Warriors blowout. But before we dive in, I want to let you know that we are proudly part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the official podcast of Boomtown Hoops, if you don't already Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star rating. We would greatly, greatly appreciate it. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook for all your Thunder content needs. As we always do, we jumped on the Locker Room app following this one. I wasn't optimistic about finding a bunch of good things to talk about tonight, but I feel like we did okay. Had some good questions in the chat. We tried to find what the positives you can take away from an absolute shellacking by Steph Curry and the Warriors. So without any further ado, let's listen in. We are here talking about the Thunder Warriors game, which just wrapped where Oklahoma City falls to the Golden State Warriors' 97 to 136. I'd be remiss if we did not start this discussion speaking about one Stephen Wardell Curry. Uh Steph goes insane tonight. 49 points in 29 minutes on 26 shots in 3 quarters. Absolute legendary stuff from Steph. If you're a Thunder fan, you're probably okay with it given uh, the roster exploration, tanking, increasing lottery odds situation that they find themselves in. But just l- literally historic stuff from Steph. Uh, from Joe Musato on Twitter, Oklahoman beat writer. He noted that Steph played the entire first and third quarters and had 24 points in the first and 22nd in the third. You add that up, Steph scores 46 in the first and third combined, the Thunder score 44 in those quarters. If you want a microcosm of this game of Steph Curry versus the Thunder, that's it. That's it right there. Oklahoma City, 25 points, 23 points, 19 points, 30 points across the quarters. Uh, A night where Oklahoma City could not really get anything much going from the offensive end but the defensive end uh Steph Curry particularly was just unstoppable uh not much the Thunder could do to slow him down uh he was getting whatever he wanted from wherever he wanted the one piece that I did not mention earlier with Steph's ridiculous stat line is the 11 three-pointers that were a part of that scoring barrage from Steph tonight for the Warriors you also had 18 from Andrew Wiggins If you're going to get 18 points from Andrew Wiggins, you're going to take it any day of the week. 15 points from Draymond Green, including three of four from behind the arc. Uh, The backpack shooter can shoot. Who knew? Uh, Draymond Green with a solid scoring output. And then Jordan Poole playing 34 minutes. (laughs) Jordan Poole playing 34 minutes tonight for Golden State, putting in 16 points. Uh, a lot of a lot of buckets being scored for Golden State. On the flip side looking at the thunder side of things, Sphi McHayluk is the leading scorer tonight. He had a, a basket at the very end of the game that gave him that title. 17 points for Fee, 7 of 16 from the floor, 2 of 7 from behind the arc. One stat that stands out though, three steals. Three steals for Fee and three steals for Deck. Tonight, you like seeing that. Um, on a night where not many things went super well for the Thunder, you like seeing their aggressiveness on the defensive end, you like seeing them get their hands being active, trying to disrupt some things. Looking at the team stats 19 turnovers for the Warriors compared to 13 for the Thunder. If you've been paying attention to the Thunder, you know that there's not been many games lately where Oklahoma City actually wins the turnover battle. So again, on a night where not many things went in the Thunder's favor, if you're looking for positives, um you you can take that one, I guess. And if if you're new to The Uncontested Podcast or if you're new to me, um I have a habit of covering the Thunder's worst games and biggest blowouts. I was on on the microphone for the the blowout against the Pacers and here I am again uh for a 136 to 97 loss to the Warriors. Just absolute, absolute peak tanking. Um <laughs> The Wash just put in the chat the smiling with a tear emoji. That's it. That is exactly it. Um I know that this is good. This is good. I tweeted the GIF of uh Wreck It Ralph, I'm bad. And that's good. And that is the Thunder motto. Um, they are not trying to win games. They are not trying to push for the playoffs or the play-in or anything like that. They are trying to lose games. And, you know, there's times where you want to see it be closer. You want the the quote-unquote perfect tank game where it's competitive, it's fun, it comes down to the wire, and the other team wins. I think we're at the point in the season where Sam Presti not playing those games anymore. He's not messing around. He's not interested in that kind of losing. Um, I think it's you take the sure thing when the standings are as tight as they are and the odds are are heightened a little bit late in the season. Sam Presti is pulling no punches. The Thunder lineups are um, G League worthy. A lot of times, if you look at the minutes distribution tonight, that's always interesting to me, especially these late games in the season. You've got Baisley at 28, Dort at 24, Roby, 22, Moses Brown, 20, and Maladone 23. That's that's your starting unit. Um, nobody's really pushing upper 20s. Nobody's nobody's in the 30s. But then you look at the bench deck, 20 minutes. Horde, 24 minutes. Hall, 26 minutes. Luke 25 minutes. And... Kenny Hustle 20 minutes those are pretty high numbers um, especially for like a guy like Horde for example Horde and Hall have no business playing (laughs) playing that many minutes for the Oklahoma City Thunder and the only reason is because the Thunder are tanking like there's no other scenario in which Horde and Hall get that many minutes other than the Thunder don't want to win this game and if if there was any doubt about that I think that looking at Stats like that can help make that picture a little bit clearer. Um, You know, there's some, I love games like tonight because we had some, some Thunder fans in, uh, in the mentions of the uncontested on Twitter uh, in their feels a little bit. Um, I get it. It's not necessarily fun watching your team lose by 40 points over and over and over Uh, multiple 40 point games. The Thunder are abysmal. Since the trade deadline, basically, and that's by design. But I get it as as a fan, that can be tough. It's one of those situations where like you have to continually remind yourself of what the end goal is, and that end goal comes this summer when the lottery balls uh, bounce around and we find out where the Thunder pick nets out. Now this could all end horribly, and the Thunder don't land a top five pick. However. OKC can't control that. All they can control is to try to increase, uh, increase their odds as much as they can and make it more of a sure thing. There's no such thing as a sure thing with the draft lottery odds the way they are, but the Thunder have taken extreme measures over the last couple months to try and tilt those odds in their favor, and uh, you can't argue with the results. They have gone all in on the tank, and it's working for them. And they are um, they're starting to starting to see some results come their way. Uh, I'm waiting with bated breath for the lottery night when we actually find out how this will how this will end up conveying. Looking at the the lottery odds where they stand, OKC's in sole possession of the fourth best lottery odds. They're a half game up on Cleveland and Orlando, and only a half game back of Minnesota for third best. And uh actually as Jacob a co-host of the Uncontested Points out, they're only one game back from Detroit for second best odds. I don't know that how how likely that is, um but I think that it's they've put themselves in an in in an incredible position considering how they started the season and what their odds were looking like. Um, what they've done over the last uh, 30 games or so has really flipped that on its head. But back to my original point, it's not been fun to watch. So I think what, what's important to do is, you know, it, you can't look at the, the scoreboard as much as looking for development. And on a night like tonight, where, where it is so bad, it can be tough to do. So hopefully I can maybe point out a couple of things. Um, that we can be optimistic about as we think about not just who the Thunder can draft, you know, what flashy prospect they can land, but maybe the guys that are on the team currently. We talked about Svi already, uh, not just offensively, but the the active active hands on defense. I think that's encouraging. I think that um, what we're seeing from Teo Maladon continues to be very impressive. Um, our own Nick Crane. He had some stats tonight about Maladone that I didn't have pulled up in advance, which is really professional of me, um, but he had some stats about Maladon in terms of where he ranks amongst all rookies in the NBA, and if you think about where Teo was drafted and where he ranks in the NBA currently, he is seventh in points among all NBA rookies. Teo is third in assists. 11th in rebounds, third among guards, and sixth in threes made. Pretty incredible stats. Uh, Another kind of fantastic diamond in the rough find by Sam Presti. Uh, He's performing at a level that far exceeds where he was drafted. Now, the one caveat that I feel uh, obligated to make with that is that... uh, he's playing in an expanded role. He he's getting a lot more minutes, a lot more responsibility than he would have in a normal situation. If the thunder are not tanking, if the thunder are not aggressively um, (laughs) leaning into the youth on this team, Teo doesn't have the same output that he has this season. However, caveats aside, the raw numbers are still impressive. It's still, it's still solid uh solid output for teo maladon seventh in total minutes played um that just in the chat from Nick right now that's incredible experience uh you you think about you know how many young guys get to play that much that early in their career you know does losing by forty points hurt that development maybe. But I think the flip side is is getting that many minutes, getting that much experience, getting that much real NBA game time compared to you know, if he's spending more time in in the G League in a normal season, how does that experience compare? I think I think when you think about it through that lens, the development that some of these young guys are getting through being able to play big minutes for an NBA team, I think that's in, invaluable. And we've seen it um not just in guys like Maladone. But I think Roby, um, Roby only had two points tonight, but it might have been my favorite two points of the entire game because he put Draymond Green on a poster. And
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
3: Anybody that puts Draymond Green on a poster is A-OK in my book. I think Roby, you know, he's shown some good flashes. Um, Nothing stellar stands out on the stat sheet tonight. But I think it seems like just about every game now he's putting somebody on a poster. Um, I think he's got enough tools in his arsenal that he could be a rotation guy. Uh, Is he starting for this team long term? Absolutely not. But I think that getting those starting minutes, getting that experience now that he can use as this team moves forward and continues to add talent, I think that's gonna be invaluable for Oklahoma City in the future. The
0: economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Like any good team, hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications. And schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply.
3: You also have to talk about Kenny Hustle, um, mostly just because I want to talk about Kenrich Williams uh, at any opportunity that I can. He just gets stuff done, and I just like watching him play basketball six of nine from the field. Uh, He was also one of three from behind the arc, 13 points, five boards, five assists and a steal for good measure. Uh, He's so well-rounded and so active that he seems like the one guy that you can kind of always count on to give you positive minutes. He's not going to blow your face off. He's not going to, he's not going to Steph Curry you. He's not going to take over a game but what he's always going to do is he's going to be really, really solid when he's on the floor. And he reminds me a little bit, not not an apples-to-apples apples comparison by any means, but it reminds me a little bit of kind of what you used to be able to count on Nick Collison for. When he was kind of getting those good rotation minutes for Oklahoma City, he would come in, he would set good screens, he would be active, and he would add value on the floor. and And you need guys like that on a... On a talented roster, on a championship contending team, you need the Collisons and the Kenny Hustles of the world. You need somebody that's gonna go do the dirty work. You need somebody um about that can, you know, go get stuff done. And that's what Kenny Hustle does. And it, while it looks different on a team that's 21 and 47 than it would on a team that's 47 and 21. I think that, you know, those that motor, uh, the the hustle that has earned him that nickname, I think that'll be something that will always be important for Oklahoma City if he continues to remain a member of the Thunder. I do want to talk about Deck, because I, I had a few comments on Twitter about Deck during the game. Um, Deck tonight, Gabrielle Deck, four points off, two of two from the floor, three rebounds, one assist, and like I mentioned before, three steals you know this was the first game deck had kind of uh you know taken some baby steps forward in each game that he had played so far this season uh this game was kind of a flat performance but again uh there it was a game full of flat performances for the thunder so that doesn't necessarily um stand out in one way or another i got to wonder what's going through deck's head you you finally make it to the nba And you walk into the Thunder at the literal bottom of the barrel of their tank. Um, I'm sure that this is a challenging transition for him. I also think $3.8 million probably makes that transition a little bit easier. So I don't necessarily feel too bad for him. I think what's interesting to think about is, you know, how does Deck move forward on this team? Knowing that, yes, he signed a multi-year deal, but this was the only... Year of the deal that was guaranteed, and I, I think that, I don't know. I, I'm not. I don't think there's a scenario where Deck doesn't come back next season. I, I, don't think that necessarily makes a bunch of sense. But I'm curious to see how Oklahoma City views him. Um, I think he'll get you know another look at next season, maybe a, a more extended look. See what he looks like alongside Shea, some of the more important pieces for Oklahoma City. CRE fits in that scenario, but I, I don't know that, um, I'm just curious mostly because of his age. We've talked a lot about, um, you know, what, what the, the core age or what the peak age of this core is, uh, how old is too old? He's 26 years old, which, uh, as somebody who is older than 26 years old, feels weird to to call that out as being old. Uh, but when you think about how young this team is, and when you think about kind of what we're targeting for like what the next championship window is for Oklahoma City, I'm curious to see how how he fits with the timeline. I think a lot of that'll have to do with how the ping pong balls shake out, how Oklahoma City ends up drafting this next summer, um, kind of what other pieces Oklahoma City adds. I think there's a lot of question marks around, you know, what direction, what trajectory. Oklahoma City takes next season and it'll be interesting to see what Dex's role looks like next season. It's almost like a glorified 10-day contract for this season. You know, you think about the guys that get signed just to kind of take a look at. Uh it's a 10 day contract with a four million dollar price tag, basically. Um, he came in so late in the season, I don't think we're gonna get like a really good grasp on how deck fits with this team until you can take a longer look, until he has more time with the team. Get him get him through a summer. Get him entrenched in the system a little bit. I think that was one of the things that stood out to me the most tonight is when you're playing some of those, I'm gonna call them weird lineups. Um, The Horde hall deck Williams fee lineup was particularly weird. Um, It felt like glorified pickup ball. Like it felt like something you could walk into lifetime fitness and see uh, guys just kind of doing their own thing. They're all out on the floor together, but they're not really running anything. There's not a system. They're not moving together. And I think that's honestly like those guys have played nearly like zero minutes this season. And so I, I don't fault them. I think that's just kind of the nature of this roster exploration that the Thunder are going through right now. But it was, I think that's the thing more so than the score that can make these games a little bit hard to watch is that's just not pretty basketball. Uh, the the guys aren't flowing. I don't take that um, into too much consideration because I think we saw earlier in the season um, how well those guys were running Dagnault's system. Uh, when the roster was playing more fully, when the roster was healthy, when they weren't sitting guys so often, the team seemed like they were all on the same page. They were clicking, they were playing together. So I don't I don't take this as like a warning flag or anything, more so just a comment on how um, challenging it can be to watch the Thunder play at some times. Uh, question in the chat from Silver. So no chance of deck being traded. I, I think there's definitely a chance. Um, I I think I'd be surprised if it happened this summer. I wouldn't be surprised if it happened at some point during the next season, potentially. I do think deck, you know, maybe he's a, a chip to move up in the draft. Maybe he's uh, s- somebody that can You know, get moved. I don't think he's like a salary match, salary matching tool or anything like that. But somebody who could get you an asset because he does have a bit of a reputation. He's not a nobody. He's not a zero value asset. Uh, I think there's definitely a chance. I think there's a chance anybody on the Oklahoma City Thunder roster gets traded. uh, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, not included. Like I think, I think there's a price for anybody else on the roster. I think the price is, is higher for some people than others, but I think that's where Oklahoma City's at. Uh, Sam Presti's playing the long game. If he thinks that you know an asset return will be better for Oklahoma City to compete for a championship than keeping one of the guys on the roster, he's going to take that deal. And I think we saw that last summer, and we're going to see it again this summer. It'll be fascinating to see kind of what the roster turnover looks like. Um, Jeremiah Caesar follow up on that who trades a pick or a player for deck when you still don't know what he fully is. Uh, absolutely. I think that y- you've seen a little bit in the NBA, but uh, if a trade happened now, that would mostly be based off, you know, his European and Argentinian reputation. Uh, it'd be no different than, than trading an asset to go, you know, sign somebody overseas for, for draft rights or something like that. Um, but that's why I kind of think uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see a trade happen, you know, a little bit further into next season after we get a longer look at deck. Um, and, and after the rest of the league gets a little bit of a longer look at deck. Love seeing Shay on the sideline tonight. Love seeing him. So engaged, love seeing his reactions to plays and everything like that. But even more than all of those things, uh, I love seeing Shay Gilgis Alexander play basketball And I think that's the hardest thing watching some of these games is not getting to see Shea Gilgis-Alexander play basketball. Looking forward to the time that we see him on the court again. But like I said, knowing that in the short term, it's what's best for Oklahoma City. Looking ahead, we're in the final stretch. Four games left for OKC. So if you have uh, loathed watching these last few games or more than a few games, you only have four more. They're all, You're almost there. You're almost to the end. Oklahoma City plays at Sacramento uh, Sunday night, tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Then they play Sacramento again on Tuesday at 9, then back home for the final two against Utah and the L.A. Clippers. Uh, a definite opportunity for Oklahoma City to go 0-4 in that stretch to close out their season with a losing streak and ensure the best possible draft odds um, Sacramento is always a little bit dicey. Uh, Oklahoma city lost to Sacramento last week, one Oh three to 99 in Oklahoma city. But I think that after, um, after the Spurs loss, it makes me wonder how Sacramento plays out the rest of the season. If they had beaten the Spurs, I think they would really be pushing to make the play in. I'm curious to see what happens, uh, tomorrow night and Tuesday night against Oklahoma city, uh, it will be it will be fascinating. A question in the chat, what about the drama on Bays and Coach D? So in the last Golden State game, there was a clip that surfaced on Twitter, in case you hadn't seen it, of Dagnall kind of laying into Baysley, which we've seen him do, uh, not just to Bays, but a handful of players this season. Baysley kind of clapped back, seemed to get animated. Uh, Dagnall went back again. Uh, Somebody asked Dagnall about that in his pregame media availability and he downplayed it. He said, you know, I was firing him up. He responded. I love that. Shea was laughing. It was nothing serious. If anybody tried to make a big deal about it, they're just, they're kind of fishing for drama. I think Um, what I like about it is seeing, seeing Dagnall kind of light a fire under these guys. We've talked about their youth. They're essentially a college team. Like most of the guys on the thunder roster could still be in college. And Dagnall kind of has that college coach vibe, where he can kind of lay into some guys. He can light a fire. You don't necessarily see that a ton in Oklahoma, or in the NBA in general. Uh, certain guys like Popovich obviously come to mind, but it's usually a slightly different coaching style. But I think when you have a roster as young as this, it can work kind of treating it like a, a college age team. And I, th- I think I might've mentioned this last week, but You know, it'll be interesting to see how Dignall's coaching style evolves uh, as the Thunder roster gets older, as they mature, uh, if his coaching style changes. I don't care what his style is as long as the players respond. He can scream. He can be quiet. He can whisper. He can say nothing at all. But if the players respond, that's all that matters. And so I think, you know, continuing to find what works for the players is obviously most important uh we have to end as we have lately with a with a tankathon spin i mentioned the tankathon odds earlier i have to give a live sim because when you lose by 40 points um seeing some potential high high lottery picks can make it feel better it's the uh spoonful of sugar that helps the medicine go down so here we go clicking sim yikes not what you want to see The first pick uh, goes to Minnesota. Oklahoma City gets number six, um, six and 18. Six and 18, not ideal. Uh, Not what you want to lose by 44. Let's sim it again just for funsies. This one much better. Oklahoma City gets the third and the fifth pick. If you're going to go out here and you're going to lose near 20 games to end the season, um the third and the fifth pick would make that feel a lot smoother uh oklahoma city fans could live with that uh they can live with the 40 point losses the 50 point losses the 15 game losing streaks if you come out of this with pick number three and five in this summer's draft um you you would be very happy with that uh the wash in the chat to close us out shout out to historic russ Russ secured his 181st triple-double tonight, tying Oscar Robertson's record. Uh, I know I'm going to be tuning in to the Wizards next game, hopefully seeing him break that record. Uh, he's just an incredible stat machine. The Wizards have been playing great. Um, they're all the way up at mm, 12th? 12th in the lottery odds. Um, so th- they've come a long way. Him and Beal are firing on all cylinders. As long as Beal can stay healthy through the end of the season, uh, they've been fun to watch and, and excuse me, Russ has been super fun to watch. Well, thank you guys so much. Um, we took a lot more out of a 40 point loss to the warriors than I thought we would be able to. Thanks for jumping in the locker room app. If you're listening to this in podcast form, thank you so much. Make sure to subscribe. We are on live on the locker room app after every game. And then Sunday nights, we jump on a live stream on YouTube. Uh, which drops in podcast form the following morning. We talked the week that was, we talked some NBA as a whole and lots and lots of Thunder Talk, of course. So make sure you check that out. And until next time, Thunder Up.
1: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.
2: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?